You want to move closer to God, but you are intimidated by the bigness of the journey. You think it takes a big commitment, a big Bible, a big church, and big religious words. So you either don't take the first step at all, or you get stuck somewhere and you never move forward. This podcast is for you. Each episode offers inspiration to help you move closer to God through the small stuff in life. These real-life glimpses of God will surprise you with their simplicity and amaze you with their message. I'm Greg McCollum, your host. I'm an ordained American Baptist minister and the former pastor of Wanted Hills Baptist Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. And this podcast is Where's God Finding Him in the Small Stuff? So let's see today where we can find God in the small stuff of your life. My wife is an animal lover. She used to work at a pet store and she knows more about dogs than some veterinarians, I think. Our own pets have included a long line of dogs and cats and fish and rabbits, not to mention the squirrels and birds she has wined and dined on our backyard deck over the years. One dog in particular, though, was the apple of my wife's eye from the first day she came to our home. That dog's name was Stella. Now, Stella was what I call a frou-frou dog, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. She was a show dog at one time, and when she became too old to show, her breeder gave her to Jan, my wife, as a gift in exchange for Jan's promise that she would give Stella a good home. Well, from that first day, Stella did not leave Jan's side. When Jan would go from one room to the house, Stella would follow. We used to say that Stella got her exercise by following Jan from room to room in our house all day long. When Jan was cooking, Stella would lie in her little bed by the oven and watch every move Jan made. When Jan cleaned the bathroom, Stella would sit just outside the door, peeking in. When Jan sat down to watch television, Stella would either be on her lap or napping at her feet. And when it was bedtime, Stella was the first one up on the bed and the first one to fall asleep. Stella was also a licensed therapy dog, and she and Jan made um, many visits to nursing homes and hospitals and even to local libraries to help children read. Uh, Stella and Jan would go to a summer camp uh, for kids with special needs. And um, when Jan would work at the pet store, sometimes she would take Stella with her and Stella would follow her footsteps at the store just like she did at home. Uh, the love and loyalty that Stella showed to Jan was really something special and very touching. It's the kind of unconditional love all of us would like to experience in our own lives. Now, surprisingly, Stella's story isn't all that unusual when it comes to the bond between dogs and their owners. 
You hear stories all the time about dogs who somehow miraculously travel hundreds of miles to find a long lost owner. And I love to see on um, Facebook and television those accounts of military men and women who come home after a long stay overseas, and they have this wonderful reunion who just goes crazy because they're so happy to see their owner home again. Every time I see that, I'm just amazed at the loyalty and the love of these dogs for their owners. But there's a story of a dog named Hachiko uh, from Japan during the early uh, 1920s, uh, going into the 30s. Uh, And it's the most heartwarming and heartbreaking story about a dog and his owner. It's a true story. Um, As a matter of fact, Hachiko, the dog, became a national sensation in Japan when his story hit the headlines of a major newspaper in Tokyo. Hachiko was an Akita, and as a little puppy, he was adopted by a professor by the name of Isaburo Ueno. Now each day, Hachi would walk with Professor Ueno to the train station where the professor would board a train for his trip to work at a local university. And every afternoon, right at 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock sharp, Hachi would return to the station. He would sit in one particular spot, eagerly awaiting and happily greeting the professor when he got off the train. That daily routine went on uninterrupted for two years. But one day, Professor Urino did not return home as usual. Tragically, that day he suffered a cerebral hemorrhage while teaching and he died at the school. Now, faithful Hachi only knew that the professor had gotten on the train that morning, like always, but had not come home in the afternoon as usual. So Hachi kept coming back every day, waiting at the same spot as he always had, waiting for the professor to get off that train. This went on day after day for weeks. Eventually, some of the professor's friends and relatives tried to take Hachi home with them. But every time, Hachi would manage to get loose and find his way back to the same spot at that train station. Eventually, the townspeople there decided that they would just let Hachi roam the neighborhood. They would watch out for him and his welfare. They would feed him out their back doors as they could. And that way, Hachi would be free to come back to the train station each day at 5 o'clock. And Hachi did return every day. He returned every day, no matter what. He returned even when it was raining, even when it was cold and snowy, even when it became more difficult for him to get around because of his advancing age. Hachi returned every day to that same spot at that same train station, waiting faithfully for his master to return for nine years until he eventually died in 1934. By then, the town was so impressed by his unconditional love that they erected a bronze statue of Hachi on that spot at the train station. And to this day, it's known as Hachi's Gate. All of the children of Japan still learn about Hachiki, Hachiko, I'm sorry, Hachiko, Japan's most faithful dog, 
in school. What an illustration for us. A wonderful reminder that we should always cherish the memories of the ones we love, no matter how long they've been gone from us. And what an illustration, too, of the meaning of faithfulness. As I think about loyal Hachi, I can't help but question my own faithfulness to my master, Jesus Christ. Am I waiting for him with the same kind of love and loyalty that Hachi had for his master? And am I willing to be faithful to Jesus even when it's rainy and snowy and the storms of life come my way? To Jesus, even when it's difficult? Will my faithfulness be such a testimony to others that they will want to be part of it too? In the book of Revelation, Jesus had a message for the church at Smyrna about faithfulness. Jesus said to them, and to John, who was recording this, his apostle, write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who are opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days, but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. It is clear that God wants us to be faithful to Jesus. He wants our love and loyalty to be evident to everyone who knows us, to everyone who sees us. He wants us to be faithful day in and day out without fail even as we, like faithful Hachi, wait for our master to come back, no matter how long it may be until he does. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, he never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification, He never used words like those to describe himself, God, God's word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters, and french fries, all revealing something unique about God, who meets you in real life ways every day.